Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What's going on, everybody? Tua, Tua got uh, injured pretty bad tonight, and I'm kind of here to first talk about that, then we're going to talk about some other stuff. Uh, we'll talk about Joe Burrow, we'll talk about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Mixon and all that, and then and then go on to week four. But first and foremost, I want to say that, that uh, prayers up for Tua. He was released from the hospital, um, diagnosed with a concussion. And then we had a report just come out here a few minutes ago. Uh, the Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel confirmed Tua suffered a concussion in week four, but insists he did not get concussed in week number three against the Bills, which is absolute garbage. If you watched what took place in week number three, he was not suffering from a, a knee or back issue. Tua was concussed coming out of week number th- number three. It doesn't take a, a scientist, a doctor, uh, a brain surgeon, uh, a, a zoologist, an astronaut. It doesn't take anybody a, at all uh, of any significant uh, educational level whatsoever to, to determine that Tua Tagalavoa was concussed in week number three. Tua was concussed in week number three. And they gave this man, whoever signed off on this, however many people signed off on this, shoved this man less than five days into action after a a uh, a concussion back into battle where he was going to get hit again and risk his long-term health on this situation. And I don't care if Tua wanted to go back in. The players are always going to want to go back in. There's... There are safeguards in place to help protect the players. And this is garbage. For them to already come out and deny that he was concussed in week number three is very dangerous territory for the Dolphins, for Coach Mike McDaniel, and for everybody involved. And here's what I think. They put themselves in a box. Because if they were worried about him coming out, so they put him in, he comes back in after the half, comes back out onto the field. Tua should have never been on the field in that, in that second half of week three. They put him back out on, onto the field. If they would have then been worried about him starting week number four, they put themselves in a box, they would have been admitting that they threw him back on the field recklessly in week number three at halftime. So they shove him back out there. They shove him back out there. For anybody to say Tua wasn't concussed coming out of that week three situation, you're, you're lying to yourself. And, and for them to take a stance like this is embarrassing. Tua was concussed. And you want proof that he was concussed? That hit tonight, while it was brutal, while it was aggressive, that shouldn't have put him in the state that he was in. The reason he was in such bad shape tonight where his arms locked up because there's brain injury is because he was already in a concuss- concussive state. He was concussed in week three. His week four injury proves that he was concussed in week three. For him to lock up the way he was with his hands, and and we have the the image right here, for him to lock up the way that he did right here, brain injury. Brain, his his brain is in this like uh, uh, guarded state. And, and, and it's there, he's protecting himself. That's his natural, the natural reaction to the brain. 
because he's incapable of moving. So his body goes into a certain state of like protection in a, in a sense. He would not have been in this position off of this hit if he was not concussed in week three. Week four confirms week three. So for McDaniel to come out and make this dumb statement, this dumb statement right out in front is ridiculous to me. There needs to be an investigation. The NFLPA is already looking into week number three, but we clearly need one for week number four. Who's looking out for the players? The players can't look out for themselves. We cannot expect the players to look out for themselves. They want to get on the field. They want to play. The shelf life, life is short. They're afraid of losing their job at every turn. Someone's got to look out for the players. Week number three is confirmed by week number four. So absolutely ridiculous on the NFL's part. Ridiculous on the Dolphins' part. Ridiculous on the staff's part. And this needs to be looked into. This guy's going to... If he goes back out onto the field within a week or two, I'm going to lose my mind. This, this is like a... This is probably a month of, of him sitting... To properly make sure his head is correct before he goes out there. Takes one other hit. Because guess what happens? When you get a head injury like this, you're more susceptible to the next one. Which is why when he hadn't even left his state of being concussed. He hadn't recovered fully from his week three concussion. He was just looking for a concussion in this week four battle. Even the slightest hit to the ground with his head would have put him in a concussed state. Both of these injuries were his head hitting the ground, people. It wasn't getting hit helmet to helmet. These are his helmet hitting the ground. His brain, a concussion is a brain injury. And it's his future is on the line here. If they rush him back again, which I don't think they're going to try to do, but you don't know it then his, his future is for sure going to be on the line. It already is. Look how easily concussed he, he was. It was a brutal throwdown. Like, it was, it was uh, he whipped him around and he hit the hard, the ground, the ground hard. But why is he in this state off of one hit like that? It's because he walked out of week three concussed. He was not over. His brain was still injured. And they sent him out on the field. And they're, they're, they're either, they're either incompetent or they're covering they're they're keep you know shoving out bad information to us and they're and they're covering it up or whatever but this right here is either incompetence or something different so i wanted to go over that also we have uh some stats to go over let's start off with the uh dolphin side of the football and then i'll get to the super chats that are piling in to uh um, 8 of 14, 110 yards, one INT, and then left the game. Bridgewater came in, looked pretty effective for the most part. This is a team that's on a whole nother level below where the team would be with Tua. This is a division potential winning team with Tua under center, a healthy Tua. And with no Tua, it's going to be you know scraping by to try and grab one of the three wildcard spots and have a tough time getting one of those spots. So... Very different team. Doesn't mean they can't function um, here and there, but they're, they're not going to be the same team. Mostert, 15 carries for 69 yards. Big takeaway here is that uh, you got a you got a receiving touchdown from Chase Edmonds. 
and and he was a big sell uh, sell high walking out of his two TD performance the previous week. You got to sell high. Like look look at the carries. Edmonds five carries six yards. Not doing it. Not cutting it. He gets a touchdown. You know sell off it. Mostert's getting fifteen totes of the rock, and and I don't think Mostert's some gem off waiver wires either. He'll be on the waiver wire list, but he's not somebody that's going to take over this running attack. They may lean on the run more with Tua out. That's that's for certain. So he'll be, you know, a guy to pick up. But look, even in this situation, 15 carries, 69 yards, he's getting you, you know, very little. Um, but uh, yeah, sell high on Chase Edmonds and, and don't look back. It's going to be tough sledding for him. Tyreek Hill, 10 catches for 160 yards. This guy's uncoverable. He's so quick. He's all over the place. And clearly, uh, Bridgewater is going to be able to locate him, find him. Maybe we'll see, like right now, no TDs. That's the kind of stat line. Kind of like CeeDee Lamb. You can see CeeDee Lamb typically, even though we grabbed a touchdown in week number three, CeeDee Lamb's the kind of guy that without Dak is going to have potentially big yardage games, but a lot of games without the touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, same thing. Offense will score a lot less, so Tyreek Hill might still have those 8, 9, 10 reception games for 100 yards, but you know, getting getting a touchdown will be a little harder without Tua under center, so know that when you move forward with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill might be a good buy low because people will freak out about the Tua situation. I'm getting a lot of, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even uh, go over Waddle. A lot of people are saying things like, Smitty, uh, do I get rid of Waddle now? No, I mean, you can't, you can't just jump ship off of Waddle based on Tua being out an unknown amount of time. Waddle, two catches for 39 yards. Waddle does appear to be injured quite a bit, as does T. Higgins. T. Higgins catching seven balls for 127 and one TD, having a good day. 59-yard long touchdown reception uh, connection between Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. A lot of people screaming, T. Higgins is the number one. Um, Jamar Chase is a bum. Get rid of Jamar Chase. Look, there, there's reason to be upset at Jamar. There's reason to continue to worry, for sure. Panic Chamber week number four, or week number five, uh, absolutely. But am I buying low? 1,000%. Do I feel like Jamar Chase can bounce back with a vengeance? 1,000% think that's possible. Do I think that he could struggle a couple more games? Could he be more inconsistent than I than I imagined this year? Certainly possible, but I'm still buying. I'm still buying. I still firmly believe that he is an elite talent, a top five wide receiver at the NFL level. But these things happen. You know, struggles, it's not It's not like every player comes out of the gate every single season and doesn't have, you know, ups and downs. Joe Burrow, uh, 287 and two TDs, no INTs. He looked good. He was efficient. Um, it, it, some play calling made it to where... This guy's, you know, touchdown total could have been three or four versus two. Seems like par for the course with the the, the play calling for the Bengals, taking Joe Burrow, taking Joe Burrow's ability to throw a touchdown off the table because they want to run ineffectively near the goal line. Um, it, it's kind of frustrating. You're, you got your first and goal. You might as well take three stabs at it with Joseph Burrow than try and run for two or three yards. Um, three different times, and then you kick a field goal. Like it's kind of frustrating to watch. I do think uh, I do think a lot of people are going to come out of week number four wanting to get rid of J- Jamar Chase for anything. He will be whether he's disappointing a, a, a large number of people or not. He will be 
he will be one of the biggest dump-off players. Like, people are dumping in fantasy in low-ball trade offers and accepting them. Bad offers. Probably the, the, the most attainable, high-volume, elite potential player that will have the, the the lowest cost of entry at this point. I think this will be the best buy low in the year. And I and I do agree there's a lot of risk involved because he's not bouncing back in his four weeks in a row. Although he had a good week one. You know, like this isn't much different than if Devontae Adams has a, a bad week four as well. Or if Justin Jefferson struggles again in week number four, is everybody really going to jump off the, the JJ train? Does everybody really believe JJ's not going to turn it around? I, I don't think people should assume that, that Jamar Chase isn't going to turn it around either. Again, if you look at it, it closely, Jamar Chase, and it's his fault, okay? You can't you can't give him these touchdowns. He messed up, okay? I understand that. But if you look at the, the big picture, he would have had three TDs in week one on, on very, very small, you know, changes in, in uh, holding on to the football. He was kind of going out of bounds over the cone, I believe, in week one. I forget the exact scenario on the second one. But there were two additional touchdowns to his one TD reception in week number one. Jamar Chase technically would have, he has two touchdowns now. Five. He, he would have five or six touchdowns through four weeks had he converted on those three very close touchdown grabs. So when I look at Jamar Chase, I see a player that, uh, yeah, and this is what we're going to come to. I mean, it's going to be a massive amount of doubt. So like Tom, for example, do I offer Higgins for Jamar Chase? The thing is, you're going to see a lot of this. And you're also going to see a lot of people confirm it. And there'll be four or five comments saying, I would take Higgins in a heartbeat. Not saying you're crazy to think like that. I'm merely saying it is by low season on Jamar Chase. He will never be worth lower than he is right now. And I'm all in at this kind of thinking I'm all in I could go get a Jamar Chase for wide receiver or for a third top of the third round equivalent value of drafting today that is a screaming steal I'm all about it I love part of me this is so funny though because a lot of people get frustrated with this kind of stuff they think oh Jamar Chase I play in enough leagues where in the leagues where I've drafted Jamar Chase yeah I'm disappointed but in the leagues where I don't own Jamar Chase I'm more excited in those scenarios, then I'm disappointed in the scenarios where I own them. I'm looking at this like it's time to get a, it's time to go all in on Jamar Chase when you can walk right in and grab him for third round equivalent value. You know, I, it, 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 and, and for anybody that has um, Higgins already, get both of them. You know, Burrow, Higgins. And Jamar Chase at the right value without touching bigger name players on your roster, you can do that now. Um, I, I I firmly believe it is by low season. I firmly believe Jamar Chase will bounce back. He did this last year, and there was a stretch of games where it was this bad. It was this bad last year. If you remember last year, it was week. It was for multiple weeks in a row. I had to try and calm the storm on Jamar on holding him. And he was my my biggest buy low. And it happened week after week after week because he kept having slump games and performances. He vanished for a big chunk of time. And then once he picked it up, it was it was game over. And and people that went all in and drafted him or, or traded for him low 
cleaned up at the end of the year. Won championships because of Jamar Chase at the end of the year last year. I get it. It's disappointing. You can be reactive. I don't blame you. But if you don't think he's capable of becoming a top five wide receiver, go forward from week number five on, I think that's a little bit reactionary. You're reacting to something versus looking at go forward. Look at week five on. Don't look at weeks one through four and try and factor too much of that in when football is different than that. Football is looking at his week one. If you're going to look at week one, then you got to look at what was the potential for week one. And it wasn't like, oh, he maybe would have caught this and taken this to the house. He was in the end zone on two occasions catching the football that were called no touchdowns and would have had three TDs in week one, would have had two TDs in week number, I think it was three. I'm buying. I'm buying. If Adam struggles this week, I'm buying Adam still. If uh, JJ struggles again this week, I'm buying JJ. If JT struggles again this week, I'm still buying JT. You know what I'm saying? All right. So let's get to these super chats. And and again, if you feel differently, I mean, it, it's it's all good. It doesn't it doesn't mean that uh, you're you're right or I'm right or we're both right or we don't even know. We don't. It's it's all a game. We're playing this game for a reason. You know, it's a game of skill. And there's a lot that can go on. There's a lot of things that, that change. It's evolving. You got to stay fluid. You got to stay fluid. Swift, Sutton, Evans for JJ, CD, and Brees. Swift, Sutton, and Evans for JJ, CD, and Brees Hall. I take JJ, CD, and Brees Hall, my man. That one's that one's a pretty clear-cut case for me. Um, anybody feels different, they can drop it in the, in the chat. And we can have a conversation about it. But that was pretty... That was pretty clear cut for me. And thank you for the super chat. Uh, Blair says, what are your thoughts on Zach Wilson affecting Hall? No more 10 target games. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say. We don't really know. Usage could be heavier because they want to make sure they don't break Zach Wilson. They want to make sure they run the ball more. It's tough to say. Uh, Change is not necessarily bad, but it isn't exactly... Uh, something that we're also like, we know what we're, what we're looking at with Brees Hall. Hopefully Brees Hall gets fed the football on the ground. He's getting a lot of work through the air, uh, but we'll find out. And and he's certainly a good flex play with a little bit of risk for sure. Caspo, appreciate your super chat. Hey, Smitty, should I trade away half PPR, AJ Brown, Javante, and Irv Smith to get Saquon, Godwin, and Hawkinson? I would say no. I would say no. AJ Brown is a significant value over Godwin and Hawkinson to be honest with you even combined and so when I, when I think Javante and Saquon are close and I know that the fair market value favors Saquon and you've got to take advantage of that uh, in my heart I don't think it's a big difference at all and I think Javante will shine I could be wrong on that it could come down to hack it making me look like a fool all year long possible but I'm willing to bank on the talent and again Give me A.J. Brown over the Godwin-Hawkinson combination. Irv Smith and A.J. Brown over Godwin-Hawkinson. The difference isn't that great, if any, between Javante and Saquon. So I'm taking the A.J. Brown side. Appreciate your uh, super chat there, kind sir. Timothy dropping one. Just traded CEH and Godwin for Drake London and Traylon Burks in a .5. Did I take a, do I take a lap? Uh, no, I I think it's arguable though. Look, Clyde is easy to doubt, but he's also easy to like because he's in a potent offense and he knows the playbook 
and the offense better than anybody and it's one of the most complex for a running back to learn so it's not like anybody can really take advantage of that in terms of Clyde but Clyde's got to stay healthy um I don't hate it though I like London a lot so that that, that doesn't um make me think like it's a bad deal for you if you did it or didn't do it it's pretty even Blair also asked Jeff uh, or Justin Jefferson, AJB, CD, London, Zay Jones, uh, Dotson, Herbert. Got to start three wide receivers and one flex given how this season has started. I'm hella conflicted. Um, start three and one. So Jefferson, AJ Brown, and probably CD and London. I think exactly how. Oh, well, Herbert, Cleo Herbert. Ah. Uh, I'd go Khalil Herbert if he's the lone starter over London. But if it looks cloudy, you can go London. But Jefferson, A.J. Brown, C.D. are tough to, to bench. But, you know, you can maybe make some trades. You got, you're in good position to maybe make some trades. Damian with the super chat. Damian said, sent Bateman, J. Rob, and Gibson for A.K. and Higgins. Absolutely love that trade. Absolute smash on that one. Um, and Higgins proves to be, uh, you know, worth that today. You've just been Smitty approved. Tony Turley, what's up, Mr. Counsel? Appreciate you being here, Smitty. As you know, I do med mal litigation. Tua suffered a severe concussion, probably. uh, Okay, the NFLPA may pressure the league to sit him for at least a month. I would think so, Tony. And on top of that, this this McDaniel... um, thing that I brought up here Tony is is just head scratching like they, they he they probably should have had him say no comment right now right Tony am I right the best course of action for uh Miami Mike if they're looking out for themselves which I don't really care if they are because they're making the wrong decisions but is to to stay quiet to come out and sit here and say that he was not concussed in week number three that's incompetent right there week number four being so easily concussed means he wasn't over his concussion in week number three. Guy guy didn't even wait a full five days. And he got sent out there on the battlefield getting concussed again without helmet-to-helmet contact. He's hitting the ground so easily concussed. And I know that that was a very brutal whipping down of Tua onto the ground. But to get concussed by the ground in those two situations back-to-back it confirms that A, there's either incompetence here and that they didn't diagnose him properly because we all know he was concussed in week three. You'd have to be a complete moron to not think he was concussed in week three the way he stumbled around. It wasn't a back injury or a knee. He literally lost his balance walking. He was concussed. And if they couldn't identify, let's say, let's say they're not lying. Let's say they're just incompetent. They are incompetent. If they didn't diagnose him, if this went by two, three, four people and they didn't diagnose him with a concussion, then they're all incompetent and shouldn't be in their positions anyway. And if they're covering it up, they're lying to come out and say he wasn't concussed in week three is just asinine. And I agree, Tony. We're not. This is the beginning. This is just the beginning. Unbelievable. Would you trade Pittman and Zeke for Dylan? And Mike Williams. This is close because I like Dylan a lot more. A lot. Not a little bit. A lot more than I like Zeke Elliott in that timeshare in Dallas where 
he's got to have a perfect game script in order to get what he got 70 yards and a touchdown in week number three i'm selling zeke as quick as quick as i can off that week three performance i'm buying dylan off of his tampa bay struggle fest which was clear as day he's going up against tampa bay he was a he was a hard player to sit though but i mean if if he did badly very very understandable because it was the bucks so i like dylan a, a lot more now mike williams and Pittman. i like Pittman more but is it enough to close the gap at running back? Give me give me the two players I believe will be doing it all uh, season long. Give me Mike Williams and give me uh, give me Dylan. Thank you, uh, Rico, for the, the super chat. Need two flex. Uh, Samuel B. Cooks, Jamal Williams, Herbert. Give me Herbert and uh, Jamal. That's easy call for me. Volume should be there. G Money with a super chat. Thank you, Cody. How can I get Kamara or Eckler on this team? Goff, Chase, Alave, Javante, Dylan, Knox, Pollard, Brees Hall, Hendy, Etienne, Fryermuth, Wilson, Taysom. Um, Alave and Dylan could get you Kamara, I think, in some cases, you know, or Eckler. Uh, you could you could uh, you could go from Javante to Eckler if you wanted. You could even give up a Pollard or a Hendy to get that done. And I, I don't mind that. I don't want people to think I wouldn't be okay with that, just because I love Javante. Even I have Javante in so many leagues. If someone approached me in a league where they give me Camara straight up for Javante, given how many shares I have of Javante, I'm willing to lay off some risk. I'm a smart business decision maker when it comes to that stuff I don't I don't I'm not biased with it I'll make a good team you know business decision a fantasy football manager decision and so I think G money that's not a bad avenue Hendy and Javante for Eckler if you want to go that route but I will say this if you don't have Javante in any other leagues I I think it's going to be hard to watch him blow up and so at least have one share some, somewhere so you can enjoy it if he, if he does do what I believe he still will do. Who do I like more rest of season? Elijah Moore or Curtis Samuel? Probably Samuel for now. Um, I do believe Elijah Moore could return to you know some of his 2021 form now that Zach Wilson's under center. His outlook's a lot better with Zach Wilson under center than it is with like... A, um, Flacco, but but maybe Mike White would also be good for him as well. Smitty with the fire advice, best in the business. Thank you, Blair. Appreciate you. I, w- I wish there was better news all the time. This is the nature of it. it w- it's coming in and trying to put out the fires. It's coming in and trying to adjust and adapt. I have rather dropped Tua forty. I- I'd have rather Tua drop forty points on me this week. Says Just Sherman. Um, thank you for the super chat and prayers up for Tua. Let's see here. Would you trade CD and ETN for Camara and Michael Carter? I'd take Camara. Does Smitty smoke? No. No, bro. This is my my uh, uh, vice right here. Ah, Mexican Cokes. Love them. Trade Swift and Khalil Herbert for JJ. Uh, only if you like winning. You've just been Smitty approved.
Okay, so let's go to, um, let's do this. 